This episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Tidely. Tidely provides the best online tools to help you increase generosity, manage your church, and engage your members. From giving your church options to text to give, set up auto-recurring online giving, and allowing your congregation to cover their own online fees, you can start collecting your tithes and offerings for completely free. So head over to smallchurch.media forward slash tithely, smallchurch.media forward slash tithely to get started. Now, let's continue our whole website series with the conversation of who are the different website visitors that land on your website and how to appropriately serve them. You ready to talk about it? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is up, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of the Small Church Media Podcast. I hope you had a great week last week. Last week, I was actually up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If you say Kalamazoo to my kids, they think we're actually going to the zoo, but then when they realize we're just visiting my sister who <laughs> lives in Kalamazoo, they get really disappointed. But that was I wasn't there to go to the zoo. I was there for the Great Lakes Christian Educators Conference, which is a regional five-state Christian school conference where I had the opportunity to teach a workshop over there, have a vendor booth, create a lot of new contacts and friends. And so if you are joining me right here on the podcast because of that convention, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. You have 59 other episodes you got to listen to to get all caught up. So good luck with that. But if you've been hanging out with me on the podcast for quite some time now, I just want to say welcome back and thank you for being an active and faithful listener here on the podcast. Our podcast has been growing as of late, and I don't know everybody who listens to this podcast, and I would love to connect with you. The easiest way for me to connect with you here on the podcast is head over to smallchurch.media. You can hit that contact form up and just let me know that you listen to the show, or if you purchase any of the free resources inside of the free resource library, you get automatically added to our news, our email newsletter, where, uh, let's be honest, I, should, I, I probably should be a lot more consistent with those email newsletters, but <laughs> I try to send out at least two emails every single month of just other free resources, maybe stuff we've talked about here on the podcast, or just other free or amazing resources that I've just found that could help and serve you guys as a church. And just like always, if you're on Spotify, leave a rating, Apple Podcast rating and review. I know many of you guys are over on Google Podcasts, and I don't think they can do ratings over there on Google yet, but if you can, that would be absolutely tremendous, but what help the show out the most is if you would share this show with one other small church pastor, small church communicator, small church friend in your immediate circles and network so that way we can continue to help small churches just like your own use media and technology to both grow the faith of your congregation and reach outside your four walls. And today, we're going to be talking again about your website. This is the technically seven-part series. This is week three of that series about just how to use your website to the best abilities that it can. Because so many small churches can at least check off the checkbox of, yes, we have a website, 
But then the question becomes is, are you using your website well? And if you're not using your website well, could that actually be hurting your church? So today we're gonna talk about the different website visitors that land on your church's website, how to serve them, or as I'm gonna be communicating a little differently, how to speak to each of those people on your website. And hopefully we'll get through this content really quickly and this will be a shorter episode. But before I jump into the content for today, I wanna remind you that this episode is all also sponsored by Sermon Shots. Now, Sermon Shots has an amazing platform to help you create Instagram real style videos or TikTok style videos using your own sermons and they can put it inside of a beautiful graphic and background. They can have subtitles and captioning so that way people, because I don't know if you know this or not, most people watch videos now on mute or super, super, super quiet and captioning literally is all over the place and it is a status quo. It's an industry standard. So Sermon Shots lets you quickly upload your sermon, take a little portion of your sermon, chop it down, make it visually appealing and then also use captions where you can make make a video in 10 minutes or less of a sermon clip from your actual sermon. And just for small church media podcast listeners, they are giving you a free 30 days. So head over to uh, smallchurch.media forward slash sermon shots, shots with an S, Sherman shot, Sherman shot, (laughs) Sermon shots, and use the coupon code SCMP30 small church media podcast 30 to get 30 days free using that software. So let's jump into today's conversation of the different website visitors and how to serve them. Now, before we even jump into this conversation, we first have to ask the question of how do most people actually get to your church's website? We have talked about this a lot here on the show. And first and foremost, people will probably land on your website from one of these three ways. And if there's, there's always other ways, there's always other, you know, they could go to like for this convention, they could go to, you know, for the the, the convention, the Southern Baptist convention, you can go to sbc.net, look up my church, and then you can be linked there. But generally speaking, most people will find your website through a Google search, which is why you need to set up a Google business profile for your church and start collecting reviews over there. Or they'll come via social media in some way, shape, or form. And I'm gonna include YouTube in that as well. So they might come from a Facebook post. They might come from an Instagram post or a YouTube video and then come to your website to learn more about it. Or, which is the really wise way to use Facebook, is use Facebook ads to push an event in your specific area. And then the link to that goes to your website where they can register for that event. Or people just simply type in the URL into their search browser, whether because they're a member and they just know your guys' URL and how to set things up, or if they're driving down the road and they saw your actual URL. But generally speaking, the top two, Google search and social media, are probably the two primary ways people come to your website unless they already interact with your website. So that's how people get to your website. Now, what are the different types of website visitors, though, that will land on your website? Now, I literally had a whole lot more categories that I could have brought to you today, but then we would have been here for like two hours. So (laughs) I pretty much boiled it down for this conversation, at least, to three different types of website visitors that will land on your website. The first one is members who are looking for upcoming event information how to sign up for events, watch a past sermon that they forgot, how to give or set up recurrent online giving or edit their giving. But generally, you will have members always going to your church's website, primarily for giving sermon and calendar information. 
The second type of people that will come to your website are believers who are looking for a new church home, whether by moving into the area or just simply switching churches. And then the third one, which I hopefully will lean into a little bit harder for this conversation, are unbelievers who are simply looking for answers and they're hoping that your church can provide those answers. So then the question then becomes, if these are the three primary types of visitors who land on your website, members, believers who are looking for new church or unbelievers who are just looking for answers, how on earth do you speak to each one of these people on your one website and serve each of them well? Now, the first category, members who are looking for you know, like upcoming event information or calendars or giving or sermons, you know, the, the, the goal of that is literally to create a membership portal on your website so that they can get all the information that they need. And in fact, come back next week and we're going to talk about how to turn your website into the central hub for your church. So we're not going to talk about that category specifically this week. We'll talk about members next week. So in this conversation, we're primarily going to be focusing on believers who are looking for a new church and unbelievers who are looking for answers. Now, when people start looking for a new church, there's usually a few reasons why they're doing that. The first one might be is they're moving you know, from out of town or out of state, and they're trying to find a new church that can fit and suit them. Now, generally speaking, when someone moves out of state into a new state, they primarily are looking for churches that are A, local to them. So they'll type in Google, like, uh, and maybe even their denomination. They might be very picky on the denomination, or they're just already you know, comfortable with a Bible church or a Methodist church or a Presbyterian church or a Baptist church. So they kind of already know what they're looking for, but I can guarantee they're going to go to Google and go Baptist churches near me, Presbyterian churches near me, non-denominational churches near me. And my question is, is if people search that, will you actually pop up? And how you pop up is by having a Google business profile where you're collecting reviews, adding photos that they can actually, you know, hopefully when they search near them inside of their proximity, you'll pop up in what's called the Google map pack or the Google three pack. So that way, when they're actually looking at the list of churches in their area, you can hopefully show up pretty high on that list. Or if they're just looking through the search results as well, you need to have a website in place so people can actually find your church. But when they move into town, they're trying to figure out just where they where they can call home for their church. This happened with my wife and I, specifically when she moved out of Knoxville, we're trying to find a new home for that. But we'll talk about my particular reasoning here in a little bit. The second way or second reason reason why people is often looking for a new church is because they want a thriving student ministry for their teenager who has questions and their current church just either doesn't have a student ministry program, for some reason they're not really connected or plugged into that student ministry program, or their current student ministry program doesn't teach in a way that actually makes sense to their teenager. So they're trying to find a place for their teenager specifically to land. And I do want to say that as a student ministry pastor, our church had a lot of those students inside our student ministry program because parents heard good thing about our student ministry. They found us online. They saw what we were all about and they wanted to learn more about that. Or maybe not necessarily a student ministry, but they're looking for a great children's ministry for their family. Maybe a place that offers junior church or Sunday school or Awana or Olympian specifically. They're looking for a specific type of ministry. Maybe their kid has special needs. Maybe they have a whole slew of kids. They're just trying to find a place for their kids to belong where they have a whole lot of other kids and they can find a church where they can just simply plug into the nature of the church. Maybe these, maybe it's adults though. Maybe they're not looking for a student ministry or a children's ministry. Maybe they want a 
community for themselves where they can get involved with life groups and serving ministries and going and helping the community and their old church has nothing for them at all. There are such things as positive church transfers and that is something that we don't want to ignore on our website. But we also need to be aware though of the serial church shoppers and that's another reason why people often leave the church. A lot of times, like when I was looking for a new church recently, we were a positive church transfer because we were looking for a new church to be a part of and grow with and and, and just, you know, literally just have a family with because we were building a new family with my wife and I and our seven kids and we switched to a different town. So we were just looking for a new church to call home. But there also are serial church shoppers that are constantly looking for the what's in it for me, what's in it for me, and what's in it for me, where when churches can't actually provide what exactly they are looking for, they're trying to find a new place to go. Now, generally speaking, your website cannot weed out church shoppers in general, but you need to be aware that there are people landing on your website site right now who are looking for a new church and here's the other thing to think about. They are looking at other churches in their community as well. So what can you do to make sure that you do a good first foot forward and speak to these people who land on your website? The first thing you need to do is you have to focus on pictures. This is literally the drum that I'm gonna keep beating over and over and over. You can talk all day long about your amazing children's ministry program, your amazing youth groups and life groups, and that you have all these different things going on. Here's the meeting times. We have people that love your kids, and we talk about Jesus and apologetics, and we're we're doing discipleship through whether catechism or Bible study or Bible memorization. You can say all these things, but parents individuals and people want to actually see what your church and your ministries are like. You don't just need to say the things, you need to show the things as well. Another thing you can do is actually provide testimonials of people who actually go to your church and why they love your church. Now, you don't necessarily need to think of this like a business model with a website where you're constantly doing social proof and testimonials and this, that, and the other. But I also do think it's, you know, wise to include testimonials on your website in some way, shape, or form. The easiest way is just to add testimonials to your Google business page. That's the absolute easiest way to do it. But the other way you can do it is on the homepage and other various specifically ministry pages, you can include direct quotes from your church people about how those specific ministries blessed their family. Because people want to know in today's 21st century, not that Just you think your ministry is great, but what are other people saying as well? Another thing you need to do is you need to be extremely obvious about your core values, your core beliefs, and I personally believe your church's history. Your core values and your core beliefs literally are the fabric of just what you do and why you do it. But sometimes people want to know the history of your church as well. Are you a church plant? Are you new? Are you sister churches with somebody? Are you a part of a denomination? What on earth does that even mean? When people come to your church and if they have a church background a little bit, they kind of want to know what your church is all about, including how you guys do worship, how you guys dress, how you guys speak, how you guys preach, and all these different ways, you know, different questions that people have. 
and people just have questions. And that's why you need to include an FAQ page on your website as well, where they people have questions. So just be point blank and answer those people's questions, whether about the ministry, whether it's about the Sunday morning worship service, whether it's about your history denomination, people have questions and they want answers to those questions. And you can better believe that if you as a pastor have someone who's you know looking at your church and they come talk with you, they're gonna ask you those questions. Why not just put your best foot forward and answer those questions right there on your website? Also on your website, you honestly need to have a become a member page on your website where you talk about why someone should join a church. Now, this doesn't just join your church, but why church membership actually matters and why your church cares about it how someone can join your church, and then the process by which someone can become a member. Every church has different processes and procedures to actually join the church. Sometimes you need a letter of recommendation. Sometimes you say, hey, come to the front of the service at the end of the Sunday morning service, and we wanna introduce you to everybody. Hey, first you need to sit down with the elders before we do any anything else moving forward. Hey, we want you to fill out this questionnaire so we can get to know you a little bit more. Every church has a different way of how they can become a member at your church. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's just pause here for a second. I know some churches, the modern churches have more of like covenant community or they just do something else that they don't call it a membership. It's more of like you're committing to doing something. Whatever way you say it, it's called becoming a member of that church and what that means to become a member and how you become a member and then what's expected of you now that you are a member. It's not a bad thing to have a page like this on your website where people can quickly just read more about the website. And the last thing that you can have on your website to speak to people who are believers just looking for a new church is actually have something called a next step page on your website where you actually walk through each of these points so that when someone's on their on your website, they actually know exactly what to expect and what to do when they come into your church because every church has different things that they do. Now, I do know that there are some churches out there that actually have this in video form where every single step that they have as a church where it's like, hey, before you belong, you be, uh, before you believe you can belong, um, we want you to get involved with the life group. We then want you to come to Sunday morning worship service. We then want you to serve uh, baptism, salvation, whatever order of church you do. I know some churches that have an amazing next step page where each next step is simply a video of the pastor talking. Now, you don't need to go as far and do that, but I do think you should have a next step page on your website or have a visit page and then have a next step section on your website where you can literally tell people, hey, this is what your next steps are. You've landed on the website. Here's what you do. Join us for a weekend. This is a church that, uh, down in uh, I almost said Houston, Texas. They're not really in Houston. They're in that little area of Texas. But on their website, they actually have the first step that you need to take for joining churches. You join them for a weekend service. You find your place to belong even before you believe. You discover your place in God's story, which is how they do their classes and life groups. And then you go out and live your calling because for them, they are firm believers of you aren't just joining a social club. You are joining a movement and being a part of God's movement. So whatever your church 
church does for becoming a member and then the next steps that you want people to take from there. Do not be ashamed to put those on the website. Now, I'll lean into this a little bit more because we're also gonna talk about the unbelievers who are looking for answers on your website. This next step page also serves these people as well. So let's shift gears here, okay? And we're gonna leave the believers who are looking for a new church kind of in the past. And now we're gonna lean into our third category that we're talking about today is unbelievers who are looking for answers and they came to your website to try to find them. Now, I'm gonna skip ahead here just a little bit in my own mental notes and talk about this next step page, okay? Because this next step page on your website can also serve this group of people because this group of people is trying to get answers to their questions and they're hoping that your church is able to solve them. So my question is, is are you telling people, hey, here's how you can get answers to just figuring out what on earth I'm here what, what, what on earth I'm here on earth to do. You can use your next step page or you can also have a gospel page on your website because the whole goal of, of what, what the goal is of when an unbeliever lands on your website is to give them answers, not just, hey, come join our church. We got worship. We're gonna have a sermon because they have no context for that or let's just be honest, they might have a really bad context or memory from that. But what these people are looking for are simply answers to their questions, and our goal is to introduce them to Jesus and then explain how your church is connected to that mission. So how can you speak to these types of unbelievers using your website? The first thing you can do is you can have a what is the gospel or who is Jesus page on your website? And this is the question I have for you is, do you explain the gospel anywhere on your website at all? Do you explain who Jesus is and why we worship him? You know, maybe you don't have a page on your website, but maybe you, like Journey Church, on your on the visit page that they have, they have a quick welcome video from their pastor where he actually just talks about it because Jesus is engrafted into every fiber of their being like it is yours. So it's just natural for him to do it there. But you can actually set up a gospel page, who is Jesus page, where you actually explain who Jesus is, why we worship him, how God created all things, what is our part in, in God's big story? And if you have any sermons where you specifically talk about what the gospel is and who Jesus is, you can also include those sermons on this page. And then from there, what you also need to do is not just have a what is the gospel page and explain what the gospel is and, and try to get answers from life that way, but you also need to create an easy way for these people to contact the pastor and the staff of the church. Because generally speaking, if someone is coming to your website, they're an unbeliever, they, they, they have questions that they want answers to, they're looking not just for a website to provide them answers, they're looking for a person to walk alongside them Show them love, show them grace, and answer those questions. So do you have an easy way for people to contact you? At the end of the plan your visit page, at the end of the what is the gospel page, do you include a contact form for people to contact you? Do you have an easily accessible contact us page somewhere in your menu navigation? Do you include your phone number anywhere? Maybe even in the footer of the website, do you include your, your church's name, your address, the phone number, and email? Just very easy ways for people to actually connect connect with you and your church. And then the last thing that you can do to speak into the lives of unbelievers is create the vision of how your church can step into their 
family's life. This is why we have the different ministries of the church, right? Whether you have a preschool, whether you have a children's ministry or some sort of kids camp that you guys do, or a recreation, sports, or upward ministry, or student ministry, mission outreach, serving team, adult ministries, whatever ministry you have at your church, you have created those ministries to serve other people and serve one another. And do you cast the vision about how each of those ministries actually serves unbelievers in in your community and inside of your church. Now, many times, and I kind of want to end the, the, this thought with, with kind of just thinking through this here a little bit. A lot of times we use our website as a business card for our church and our ministry. Basically just, here's our church, here's our offerings, here's our programs, here's how to contact us, and that's it. However, maybe we need to start thinking of our websites as tools for ministry, not just tools to talk about our ministry, but actually turn our website into an engine that is actually doing ministry work when people are on the website. And what I mean by that is actually meeting people where they are at, answering the questions that they have, explaining the gospel and Jesus and how they fit into God's bigger narrative, and then be able to take next steps to whether you, whatever terminology or vision or mission statement you have, but how on earth can you guys actually help this person fulfill that mission and vision. You know, for our church, Southside Baptist, and I actually just finished a website for another church called Lone Oak First Baptist Church down in uh, down in Kentucky. And on that website, both those websites, we put in a what is the gospel page where we explain the gospel in three circles. If you're a Southern Baptist church, I know you know what the three circles are. But the three circles basically is the fact of you have God's design, and then you also have brokenness. These are the first two circles. And God's design was never intentionally designed to be broken, but what caused the brokenness? We know that sin caused the brokenness. But then the question then is, what's the remedy from the brokenness? And the answer is simply the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the answer to the brokenness. But how do you receive that good news? What do you do with this good news? Well, you repent and believe, which then points you back, and then you decide to follow Jesus and recover and pursue God's original design for your life. And then at the very end, we have a contact form so people can reach out with their questions or concerns, or if they actually do wanna follow Jesus, they know the next step that they wanna take. And so if you don't have a actual gospel page or a, well, who is Jesus or what is Jesus or just a Jesus page on your website, I wanna challenge you to get one on your website right now so you can start actually talking to unbelievers who are looking for answers to their questions. Now, I know a lot of big churches actually have like these really intricate blogs on their church's website as well where they can answer other different types of questions that people have. And if you have the bandwidth to be able to do that, I just wanna say, go for it. But at least start with a what is the gospel page. But with people who are believers and they're just looking for a new church to join, um, they probably already follow Jesus. They already follow Jesus, you know, and they're just trying to find a new place to call home. Are you answering their questions about your ministries, about your church, your church's mission and vision and the core values and how you actually play this out and how it plays out to be part of your your church and what your church actually does. Because here's the deal. When people come to your website, they have questions that they want answers to. And if you do not answer the questions that people actually have when they land on your website, the chances of them actually sticking around on your website and then maybe contacting you and then following up and worshiping with you guys in person dwindles. Does it go away? No. Does it have to be perfect on your website for to get someone? Is there some perfect you know, recipe that you need to do? 
The answer is no. But at the same time, you need to do your due diligence to actually speak to each of the different website visitors and what they are looking for out of your website. So don't be scared to have those FAQ questions. Don't be squared. Don't be scared (laughs) to have the FAQ sections. Don't be scared to have a gospel section. Don't be scared to have all these different ministry pages, but you gotta make sure you are speaking to each type of visitor that lands on your website and then making sure that you know how you want them to respond on your website. Do you want them to go to the plan your visit page or have a next step page? Do you want them to email you first? Do you want them to call you? Be explicitly clear on your website how you want people to take their next step because if they're at all unsure about how they are supposed to take their next step, they may never take a next step. So meet people where they're at, provide them answers to the questions that they have and provide an easy way for them just to know, okay, how do I get involved with this church? Because people are coming to your website, so you better make sure your website is ready for them. Well, guys, just like always, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys again here. Again, episode 60. Man, I can't believe we're 60 episodes into the Small Church Media Podcast. It's been a whole lot of fun hanging out with you guys week in and week out. And please feel free to just share this podcast with another small church friend, pastor, communicator, or connection that you have so we can continue not just growing the podcast, but helping more small churches just like you use media to grow the faith of their congregation and also reach outside the four walls of the church and do something amazing with media. Don't forget that I have the free mini course over on smallchurch.media website where you can learn to make sermon series graphics for your church that, let's just be honest, don't suck. Because <laughs> today is a visual culture and people want to know, hey, if, if, if you're visually out of date, does that mean your church is out of date as well? And for so many churches, it's not a matter of are you in touch or out of touch with culture? It's having the resources to actually do and create some amazing things. So check out that free mini course. Go to smallchurch.media right now. You can do that entire course in one afternoon and create three different sermon series graphics with me. And then I set you up to create other sermon series graphics as well. And if you have already taken the course, please send me an email just so I can know, did you enjoy the course? Did you not? Were there things you would like to see different, things that you would like to change, positive affirmations, or hey, let's just be honest, Critical, critical critiques, that's not the right word I'm looking for. But either way, you know what I'm talking about. So reach out to me at hello at smallchurch.media. Again, no.com, hello at smallchurch.media to let me know your thoughts about that. But just like always, I hope you have a great week. Come back next Tuesday where we're gonna talk about how you can turn your website into the central hub for your church. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. I hope you are as well. We'll see you next Tuesday right here on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative. 